0: This is episode 7 of the Get In My Garden podcast, where we meet the growing community of backyard farmers, gardeners, ranchers and local business people working their land and running creative businesses off of it. On today's episode, we meet Erin Roy, founder of the Harvest Trail Agency. We enjoyed our late breakfast at a superb and casual new farm-to-table restaurant in Albuquerque called The Shop. Erin chose The Shop because she is a passionate promoter of the farm-to-table restaurant scene and the local farm businesses. The Shop is in a very cool neighborhood, and a huge variety of people were hanging out and enjoying it throughout our visit. Not only was the food exceptional and the menu inventive, I recognized several names of farms and food product suppliers from the farmer's market. I posted a photo on Instagram of our delicious meals. Erin Roy is a consultant and online strategist, very successful and active on social media. She is a proud New Mexican who knows and loves the culture. We cover a lot of ground in our discussion. We talk about the farmer's market and the benefits of launching a business through it. She mentions a few iconic New Mexico businesses that she loves very much. Then we discuss the changing social media landscape and how to utilize social media within the farm and farm-to-table niches. She shares literally invaluable social media secrets for upping your social media game so that you can find more customers and make more money. It really doesn't matter what your business is, you will definitely benefit from Aaron Roy's wealth of knowledge. We also discuss the hobby and backyard small farm life And some of the issues facing small farmers.
1: My name is Erin Roy, and I have a business called the Harvest Rail Agency. We do online marketing, so social media management, SEO, we can help you build your website and we uh, have, are targeted within agriculture, so farm the table is definitely our bread and butter, but we do have clients outside of that world, and it really is, anybody that's in the Southwest is our focus. Okay. I have two degrees in agriculture, and I left that space probably a year or two after I graduated college, uh-huh. and decided that I needed to get some business experience so I could start my own company. And in that kind of space of working outside of agriculture, I came upon Los Poblanos and helped them out at their lavender festival and met uh, the Remby family who owns the properties and wow. was just in awe of everything that they do there.
0: You know, it's it's very impressive. Yeah,
1: they were doing farm to table stuff before it was cool.
0: So that's mainly your focus, right? It's the farm to table businesses, but also social media for them.
1: Yes, so okay. social media is what I get paid to do. Farm to table if i could live in that space if there was you know enough money within agriculture i would totally do it but right now what i'm finding is those businesses don't have a lot of cash so I want to still be able to promote them and let people know what's going on, so that's what I use my page for. But it's also a space for makers too, general businesses in the Southwest, iconic businesses in the Southwest and places. Two weeks ago I was just hanging out at um, Tamao, yeah, the resort in Bernalillo. Got to learn about some of the artwork that they have there, the pieces that they're showcasing. So it's not just a place to go stay and hang out at the spa, it's a place to learn about their community and their pueblo. So there's a lot. So of
0: that's a things. that's a joint venture, right? Between one of the pueblos mm-hmm. and also is it a Hilton or Hyatt? Hyatt. Yes. My mistake. Yes. Okay. Yeah.
1: So it's a partnership between Hyatt. So Hyatt owns the hotel, but it's, the property is the Santa Ana Pueblo. Interesting. Yeah.
0: What a beautiful place out there.
1: It is beautiful. The sunsets are fantastic, and they have you no know, outside areas where you can go and watch the sunset buy a Cuba fireplace, have your favorite beverage while you're watching it. And then in the morning they actually have an area where you can walk down to the river and watch the sunrise. Awesome. So you get the best of both worlds on that place. And
0: do they have horses out there? They do. Okay, they yeah, have and that's a what I
1: thought. How cool. <laughs> yeah, you can go feed the horses on the property. So even if you don't want to ride and you just want to go check it out, there's walking trails all over their property. And the staff is awesome, they're really informative. They have little
0: maps that they can hand you, so you can go walk around. It's a fun place. Awesome. A staycation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what do you what do you find with the farm to table restaurants? I mean, I'm from Seattle. I mean, and oh I, I know there are a lot of farm to table operations there, but in New Mexico, it's I would say more agricultural than almost any other state, as far as. I mean, we have so much land and a lot of farming culture here.
1: Yes, definitely. So, I think the difference with Seattle to here, it's kind of like how the coffee started, too. You know, like you can almost like look at a Starbucks model where it was like, okay, they started over there and then they're moving over here. So I think New Mexico... Um, You know, the lana manana, we're always a little bit slow to kind of pick up on stuff. Um, And I think that's actually a beautiful thing. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's we're fortunate to have so many different cultures and people here. So that kind of slow way of life is, to me, a beautiful thing. With the farm to table movement coming here, you know, I think I we think do a pretty good job. I think there's a lot of little businesses that aren't telling you that they're using local products. I which think that's is, a great point. Yeah. So. I think
0: more here than almost anywhere that I've seen, they're not really bragging about it. Right. It's just a part of what we do here.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, it's not a marketing piece. And I think that that's something that that can change for the benefit of the farmers that are providing the goods, as well as the restaurants that are using it. Which is another thing, you know, with my business. Okay, so maybe the money's not in the space right now, but what can I do to bring that in? And that's again, goes back to serving those types of businesses in advance. There's such a semiotic relationship I think that happens with farmers You know, the people that shop there are not there just for the food. They're there to support the people behind it, to learn the behind the scenes, and I think that's what's changed the food so much. With people caring about where their food comes from.
0: And the Albuquerque Farmers Market, Downtown Growers Market is where I've been going. Mm-hmm. They're doing such a great job. It's also it's a great place to launch a product and see if it works.
1: Yeah, without having the overhead of a, an actual physical address and exactly. having to go find and search for your customers. They're right there. Yeah. To be able to get that type of feedback immediately from your customers, it doesn't happen in very many places. Exactly. The support mechanism is just awesome.
0: It's and a really positive offer. environment, mm-hmm. so I personally love selling. I don't feel that that's a negative word, though some do. It's a fun thing for me. Name <laughs> Just engaging with people directly like that, it's exciting. So you have two agricultural degrees. What, what degrees are they? I
1: actually have an undergrad in animal science. Neither one of my degrees have anything to do with growing anything green. It was it was animal focused for my undergrad, and then I decided that well, it like started off with wanting to go to vet school, and then it moved into wanting to do research. And then I decided that I really enjoyed working with the animal side of agriculture more so than the actual like being in a lab or out in the pasture. And so I switched from animal science into masters of agriculture with an emphasis in business. And my thesis work was around sustainable agriculture and entrepreneurship with a community-based focus around raising businesses up. Excellent. And then here I am like full circle. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right back in that space. That's awesome. Scott, you were preparing me for this next step in my life 10 years later. I
0: love when that happens. 10 years
1: later. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing for sure, and it was so great that you know I was given the opportunity to work in a corporate—not a corporate—it was a small business. I was working for um, Albuquerque Magazine. Oh, okay. And I remember when I went to go have my first meeting with the owner, Larry Lynch. I showed up and you know, like my skirt suit, and hopped out of my pickup. <laughs> awesome. And uh, I think that endeared um, him to me because he comes from an agricultural background. His family has resources. He's Native American uh-huh. um, from um, outside Sarou. Just took a chance on me and was like, "Yeah, come on and work." And we were such a, a small company at that time. You know, we had less than ten employees at that time. So. I was able to absorb so much from all the different departments within the magazine. I was doing sales at that time, but you you have such a close relationship with the designers, with the marketing team. We're putting on events. Um, It's a great place to act as a sponge, Mm -hmm. and I feel so grateful to have been able to do that because now here I am able to use that knowledge to help others.
0: So I'm really curious about that. I, I, you have a lot of people on social media. I mean, I think you're doing very well there. How did that get going? Because a lot of farmers, I think, are lacking in that department.
1: Yes. It is. Like, the number one thing I can say about social media is that it is about hustling on there for at least an hour a day,
0: which uh-huh. most
1: people don't have time to do that. You know, it's, it's, it's hard. That's why I have a job. <laughs> right. <laughs> if it was easy, I wouldn't have a job. But it, it's... It's so much about um, engaging with other people within your space, within your niche, defining what your targets are now, and setting goals. So it's so you actually go out and do it, and you measure it, then you analyze it, and then you repeat, and it's over and over and over and over again. And I think what people get kind of stuck on with social media is that good for them for going and starting, but they don't have goals in mind. They mm-hmm. don't have. Targets in mind, and they think, "Well, if I just put it out there, everybody's going to find me." Just the same thing, like when you do your website, right? Um, and you really have to have a focus on, on and a plan on what you're doing, and then be able to spend time doing it.
0: That's the part that the amount of time it takes to make these changes <laughs> yes. is <kind> of <laughs> yes, enormous. And,
1: and I know, think the other struggle is too is that you see, you know, there's a sales funnel involved no matter where you are in your business, whether Mm -hmm. it's online marketing, whether it's print advertising, you need to have some type of funnel of how you capture people and then you have to have an end place. And especially with farmers, a lot of them don't have websites,
0: they don't have
1: updated websites, so while people may be seeing their stuff, they're still not able to say, well what's the next step? Where do I go? How can I find them? Uh, how can I support that? It
0: so, very easy. A lot of people who have products, it seems like they may do an Etsy site or something like mm-hmm. that, but even so, it's not functioning for them. Right. I
1: don't know. Etsy's another beast that I tackled. Uh-huh. Um, I have, my husband and I have a reclaimed wood business. Oh, cool. That we started out of necessity. We've got a little bungalow in Knob Hill here, and they tend to have like three bedrooms and one bathroom. And then the bathroom doesn't have like shelving or anything else. So we just started building stuff and we wanted to do it sustainably. So we found reclaimed wood and a couple of our friends were like, well, you should try out Efti. So we did. Uh, we are actually featured as an editorial feature within Efti. Wow,
0: AC. that's
1: amazing. Um, yeah. And again, it was just, it, it's spending time on there. So I figured out how the advertising works, how to mm-hmm. put money towards it, renewing listings, all that kind of stuff. And there's so many different components when it goes into online marketing no matter what
0: space you're in. Wow so you're seeking customers definitely right you're always looking for, yes. to help more people yes. who would be an ideal person for you I mean you don't have to work with somebody in New Mexico. No could be uh-huh. anyone I either. actually
1: have clients out of state okay. as well so I definitely don't shut anybody down. Um, I do say if they're out of state there's going to be a higher learning curve where they're going to have to work with me in taking photos and video and then of course behind the scenes, so they're gonna to have to have someone taking photos of them right. <laughs> as well. So that adds an extra component to it when it's not here, but it's pretty easy to do that side of it. but
0: yeah, probably well established businesses or farms who just don't have the allocation to their social media at this time?
1: Well, it doesn't even have to be a a well-established business. You know, everybody has to have a starting point. I would say that it would would have to be someone that can afford it as well because we all have to eat, right? And I don't want to take money out of someone's hands who needs to turn around and use it for infrastructure. Mm -hmm. You know, if they're growing their business that way. But there is that, you know, kind of general rule that you need to take a certain percentage of your gross revenue and turn around and put it back into marketing and sales. I also tell people, don't put all your eggs in one basket either. So, especially with how many changes are coming about with social media. Uh, For example, Facebook a couple weeks ago was like, yeah, we're going to stop pushing brands and publishers so much and really focus on people's personal pages. Well, what does that do for someone who relies heavily on Facebook? To get their customers in the door, well, it first, so it's important to have a, a mix of advertising, and, and I have no problem chatting with people about having a well-rounded approach to
0: marketing. Excellent. I, yeah, there's been some huge changes in social media right now mm-hmm. with the way that YouTube is paying people, right, and with Facebook ads. Yep. So, can you speak to that at all? Because, oh, yeah. and also, of course, Facebook oh, Live. That's a huge thing. Yes,
1: I would say video, 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 video.
0: <laughs> Yikes, and here I am starting a podcast. No,
1: the podcast is a great space, too, because people, you know, while people are driving, that is a great time to approach them. So, podcast yes. is important as well. Um, as far as speaking towards social media, I should say, video, 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 video. Yes. I think that with Facebook pushing the live, you know, there's a reason why they came out two years ago and said, we're going to be pushing towards the live space, towards the story space. Snapchat had a lot to do with that, too. Right. You know, it was such a, a growing social media. They've kind of plateaued out quite a bit in the last year, but I think that's because Instagram added stories. And people are right. like, oh, well, I can just do everything on one platform, one network. So it kind of slowed that down. So
0: I love Instagram. It's yes. fun. I'm just started on it, but the people I found are just fascinating. You know, and if they write hashtags, and I'm still learning about
1: that. Yes, yeah, it's a learning process.
0: So, how would someone go to build the, you know, several thousand followers? How does that work?
1: <laughs> it takes time. just. I think you know a lot of people like three or six months in, they're like, hey, well, here's my competitor, and why do they have you know two and three thousand followers, ten thousand followers, fifteen thousand followers? Well, I can tell you that. You need to go back and and search through and see when they started posting on Instagram so you can get an idea of how long that takes. And if they've been on there longer than two years, I can say that it was much easier back in the day to gain followers. My personal Instagram account actually has over um, 11,000 followers on that one. Wow. And that was because I built it before Instagram started changing the algorithms where they you know, have come up with some system saying this is what you want to see in your feed instead of a timeline like twitter kind of does they're, they're moving away from that too mm-hmm. so it's harder you know so i think it's be patient spend time every day develop your community uplift others repost others material uh, post live post in stories and um it'll
0: well that's cool now i've seen a lot of people a lot of farmers are just doing the like, getting really easy. Story on Instagram, mm-hmm. and are they hashtagging it or is Instagram pushing them to other people?
1: I think it's a mix of both. I'm not sure how the hashtagging on stories is really affecting the algorithms. I say just go ahead and do it. At least do your brand hashtag. You know, that's another thing. Oh, okay. Everybody should have at least one branded hashtag. I see. So that people are able to find you. So whether it's your name or whatever you do with your business, which right. like for you, you know, Get the podcasting, garden. yeah. That will make it easier for people to find you. And yes, I, I think it has some effect on the algorithms on how they,
0: they show up in the feed. Well, I've I heard a lot of people doing Facebook Live, Yes. and I don't really understand how that works. It's content that you cannot edit, right? right. It has to be live, mm-hmm. and then after it's done, it goes to your page.
1: No, it's it's in the moment. Okay. And the second that you're doing it shows up. Then you're you're able to save the content though. Okay. And I think that's what a lot of stuff that we're seeing right now is saved live videos in our feed if you start watching yes. videos, especially at nighttime. Yes. Facebook is pushing those and that's because people watch more video at night. On Instagram and Facebook. Statistically speaking, people are watching videos.
0: But they're being so. pushed to people's feeds who you don't know necessarily, right? Yeah,
1: that's the crazy. That's part. the part that is very interesting. Yes, and you know Facebook especially, like we were talking about before, they're so pay to play Mm -hmm. with the advertising side of things and now that they came out two weeks ago and said, you know, even if you're paying for the advertising, you're going to see less, which means you're going to be paying for more eyeballs, okay, well let's take some of that effort and time and let's kind of move it over into the live video and uh, it's, Yes, it's unscripted, it's you turn on your camera and you go. But I think everybody expects that kind of raw nature whenever you're doing the stories, and I think people like that too. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to be prepared, though, because you don't want to be all of a sudden live and you're sitting there going, oh, uh, uh. Right.
0: <laughs> well, I think so, I'm going to yeah. start doing that and yep. make them short. Mm-hmm. And as the summer approaches, I'll have much better content.
1: Well, they, say, you don't, they don't have to be longer than five minutes. Oh, okay. So don't don't feel like you need to have like some 20 minute Planned out event to do your live videos. I think it's probably easier to start with, you know, maybe you talk about your, as a farmer, you talk about your morning routine. Uh-huh. You know, and you're like, hey, I'm out on the farm. You know, we start everything here when the sun rises. So in February, we're out here, you know. Getting ready to start planning, so you know, making sure the compost is out, getting the fields ready, and then you're just planning around and showing it and talking about that. So, just have some sort of plan, make it short and sweet, doesn't have to be perfect, and you'll get better. Are you using
0: live video
1: right now? I like doing story posting the one minute videos on my feed, also. Then, I think as things start ramping up with the farming season, the visits. That will start to come out. Uh-huh. So we'll, we'll see.
0: So there's definitely some overlap, but it sounds like you're. So you work with your customers, your clients, mm-hmm. and then are you it's partially a hobby for you, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're just getting into the community.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well. So it's it's my passion and my and my lifestyle too. So my husband and I raise chickens and ducks. Excellent. We have a lifestyle guardian dog. We live on two acres in the East Mountains. Oh, cool. And my husband's a chef. So, um, I like to go harvest things out of the garden, throw it down in front of him, and say, what are we going to do with this? It's not his favorite thing. <laughs> he doesn't like to put on the spot. <laughs> but um, we have a lot of fun with it. You know, we love growing um, tomatoes, as I think most backyard farmers do, right? Yeah. Uh, there's so much versatility, and they're pretty easy to grow. But we freeze them and use them at least once a week throughout the year. You know, we want to be as sustainable as possible. We collect rainwater, We use that Rain. to water our chickens. This winter's been a little rough. Usually, all year round, I can use the rainwater to do my potted plants and to water the animals.
0: Also, well, can you speak to the lifestyle a little bit more? Because I know there's a lot of people who they uh, could be in a city, they could be anywhere, but they don't realize like that's what interests them, and they don't know how to. Okay. Being more engaged in that community, so maybe to take up a new hobby or jump in. Like you
1: yeah. I think you have one of the most perfect examples of how to start. The farmers' market is one of the greatest places because those those people want to teach you about what they're doing. It's not just. Like you're walking into the grocery store and you're in the produce section and here's everything that you need all at one stop So true. you know and a lot of those people because there is competition they want to talk to you why you should buy it from their booth and not from the next three booths over so it gives you a perfect opportunity to talk to them about what they're doing and there's container gardening it's huge right now rooftop gardenings are really big yes. so I think you know don't limit yourself thinking that you have to have Two acre. Right now I'm going through the Master Gardener program. Oh, yeah. Are you yes. familiar with that? Uh-huh. Yeah, and anybody can go through the Master Gardener program if you get accepted into the program. They don't oh, cool. have, you know, it's not like you have to be farming for 12 years or an urban farmer or a right. gardener. You don't have to have that. But they're also a great resource, too. So if you start and you get stuck, you can call them and be like, hey, why are my tomato leaves wilting under? That's a great thing. What tech. can I do about it? And it's a free resource. And And how long does
0: that program take for you to go through?
1: You're an intern for a year. We just started actually in January. Because like I told you, my agricultural degrees were not about growing things. I'm just blessed. With the green thumb, my family has always gardened. My brother is actually a way better grower than I am. Okay, <laughs> he blows me out of the water. I love to learn and I love researching. That's a, a favorite like hobby of mine is to sit down and dive into it. And like, and this is another thing I think people could do too: find like two other people that want to do the same thing as you and buy seeds together, Plot out wow, your garden together. Say, you know what? I know that companion planting is important, so. I'm going to look at that, and then I know you're super good at researching prices and where we can get the seeds. So how about you do that? And I know you're good at doing layouts. So will you, you know, kind of look into that and see how we can grow it? Whether it's is this okay in a pot? Is this okay in the ground? Can we do it in raised beds? I think you know if you have the the meeting of the minds, then it becomes a much less daunting task. I
0: so agree. Anything is like that.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah. That community approach again. <laughs>
0: now. I mean, one of my favorite things about the farmer's market is that I don't have to take any risk to grow vegetables in my own yard. Mm-hmm. You know, on the hottest days where I'm out and about, I don't have to forget to I can't forget the water them because <laughs> I'm buying it at the farmer's market. So that's like I a know. huge benefit too. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people who don't want to even deal with it in their own yard. No, well,
1: you know, it's, it's, it's hard. And especially in our New Mexico climate, our sun is so harsh. And it's really easy to like plant this super gorgeous garden and then all of a sudden June comes along and your plants are dying and it's because the UV is so intense here that it can it can kill your plants really hard really easily you
0: you know some plants that just simply cannot be grown here because of that because I know that's true about a lot of flowers (laughs) (laughs) yes that's what I was yeah it's
1: important to do your research you know look at your zone Um, and then there's a lot of things that you can do cheaply this is super cool so you know Costco has those like brown triangle shaped mesh shadings that are so popular right now. Throw those over your garden. They're Mm -hmm. like $15, $30. Mm Kind of
0: crucial here.
1: Yes, yeah, it really is, because your plant stops really growing after it gets over 85 degrees anyway. Pollen can die, photosynthesis can become stagnant. Yeah, I think there's such a a teaching component to what we're doing too, right? Yeah, with the farm to table. It's it's not just about eating it and consuming it, it's for people to learn this too. Mm -hmm. People need to understand that these are thoughts that farmers are going through every single day. They're like, what grows where? How well does it grow? Different varieties people are getting back into heirlooms, people are starting to right. understand the difference between heirlooms and high and
0: I feel like if people don't have an interest in learning about it, they're probably not gonna be interested in the restaurants that are right. featuring this products. Right, So, yeah. it's a big deal. I
1: think there's a, a segment too that is, um, let's say, more coming to it from an approach of, I'm concerned about what's coming into my body more so than The farming aspect of it, so you do have that health aspect too, uh, where people understand that this food didn't travel 300 miles to get to my plate. It doesn't have pesticides on it. um, The non-GMO approach, which that's a totally different topic. And interesting approaches from both sides. But yeah, I think that I think we do have those too. I think those people are probably more going to um, whole foods or. Trader Joe's or sprouts. And I really hope that Whole Foods doesn't lose that
0: yeah, the yeah
1: because they did say that they were gonna you know streamline their stores and so that limits the access of, of local produce and I want people to know that make sure that you're still supporting your, your local farmer when you can there's something so Whole yes. Foods will have that no one else will but, can you speak
0: you know, to that a little bit like the idea that even though it says organic and it's at whole Foods, <laughs> maybe that's not exactly the same as that's smaller local
1: sustainability is a huge issue for us right now and organic does not mean Sustainable. Organic right. can still be grown in mass production agriculture. South America
0: and having to go on yes, the And
1: then it's so. yeah, and then it's hanging out on a boat for you know three weeks on its way over here. It's not picked in the peak of brightness, which means your nutrient content is not as high as it could be. And before I get myself into trouble, I want to throw this caveat in there too. I don't have a problem with big egg because there's no way we'd be able to feel, feed our world population right. right now if we decided tomorrow that we're taking big ag away. I think that you know there's some learning points that big agriculture can turn around and teach to the general population, and then I think there's some things that they are going to need to start adapting before we get ourselves into some
0: big trouble yeah, with how we can it seems like food. it. Yeah. But there are a lot of people locally who have a small piece of land, and they are mm-hmm. so uh, intensively farming it. Mm-hmm that they're producing massive amounts of food. Yep. Maybe that's more the direction.
1: Yes, where yeah. Well, and there's a, The front-to-table is definitely my passion because I yeah. love seeing the little guys out there. I should put that in air quotes, little guys, um, because they're doing awesome things uh-huh. <laughs> and big things.
0: So what is... Can you give some uh, examples of ways that... I mean, people that you run into, yeah, things maybe that are obvious because you're looking at it from outside, that you yeah. see that they could do to improve. I mean, it's a generalization, but something that many farmers that you run into, how can they step up their game?
1: I think there's a couple of farmers here that are doing a great job of hustling to get their products in front of customers, um, specifically restaurants. So I think you have to think of your market segment a lot bigger than just, I'm going to go sell my goods at the farmer's market. Because then it's that's hard to make a living, just said that, it's hard to make a living when you're just going to the farmer's market and you're relying on that. So. It's a hustle. You've got to be out in front of the restaurants and talking to them about your goods. And I think the biggest thing that I hear from restaurants too is they don't trust that they can get what they need all year round. So I think there's a meat in the middle on that. There's the education to the restaurants mm-hmm. that, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. And maybe, you know, you're having a couple of items on your menu that change on a consistent basis, a monthly basis, a seasonal basis so that they're opening up to different dishes, which is how we should eat as humans anyway, seasonally, instead of going and buying, you know, this low nutrient dense food and consuming it. And then there's the farmer's approach that should be, cool, but what do you need? every day? Can I make that space in my plots? Can I do row covers? Can I do hoop houses? Can I grow in a greenhouse? Can I do hydroponics? So it's this education thing on both sides of the fence, you know, the meeting of the minds. There is a group of farmers outside of Chicago that get together before every growing season. They have meetings with the chefs, the top chefs in Chicago, and hello, food mecca. And those chefs say, this is what we want, this is what we want to do. And then the farmers all get together and they allocate out to the farmers who's going to grow what what Time it's going to be ready, wow. so you know you have farmers that are going to have it's ready by this date, and then the next farmer planted later, so then theirs are coming up uh-huh. at a different time.
0: That is so smart.
1: So, I think if you know different areas, different states started adapting that you know community based approach to everyone being successful, that we see a lot of growth in
0: that area. Definitely, I'm sure it's a little bit easier in a large city because there's right.
1: so <laughs> many restaurants,
0: yeah. but that is probably something that would work great here too. Mm
1: -hmm. Oh I definitely think so and and I think there is some collaboration going on. I don't want to say that that's that's not happening because there are some awesome farmers out there who are doing the hustle and doing a good job of making sure their restaurants have their needs met and delivery systems but they have a little bit more cash to do that too and they're not you know they have A couple people working with them so that you know one person's in the dirt and the other person's hustling out in the car you know either making the deliveries or or doing the sales calls. So it's it's growth.
0: I think the marketing element is critical. So what resources are there for someone who's really trying to be smart about their farmers market business farm business, or backyard side hustle.
1: There's a couple of different apps that you can use that can help you stay organized and post um, on time. That's the other thing you want to be posting when your uh, community is online. And so taking advantage of auto-posting is okay. Um, So using systems like Hootsuite or Buffer, Buffer is actually my first choice. And their blog posts that they do are phenomenal. So if you can just commit yourself to 30 minutes a week, week, that's not much isn't. online marketing research. And that
0: may be all a farmer has.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. and and I totally get that. So if you can spend just 30 minutes on Buffer's website, looking at their different blog posts about how to approach social media and use them, Because they have funds where they, like, for instance, a couple weeks ago, they just put out research that they did on, I think, 2,000 marketers and spit back out data from them about using video, who's on it, what type of customers, who's on what different types of social media. So it kind of takes away some time from what we talked about before where it's setting goals, approaching, measuring, mm-hmm. all that, it takes that kind of component out because you're not having to reinvent the wheel.
0: So they really do provide the research to you.
1: They do, yeah. So you can just go in there, absorb, and then go apply it to your own social media approach. Not sure. um, Instagram is so huge and important for restaurants and farmers because it's visual because your approach is going to be a mix of B two B, business to business, right. and business to consumer. Mm-hmm. So that's a good kind of be in the middle of the with Instagram. And there's an app that I love, 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 and would cry if it ever went away. And it's good. called uh, Preview. 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 This app allows you to plug in your current Instagram, Gallery, Okay. And then you can add photos on top of it. So you can see what it's going to look like before you even post it. And there's a saying with Instagram that you're only as good as your last nine posts. Okay, interesting. Yep, so it's very important to kind of have a clean, targeted look when you're on Instagram, that people can go on your page and they know what to expect when they're seeing it. And um, so Preview does a great job of that. You can plug in content. You can actually go push a share button and it moves it over to Instagram and then you share from there. Because Instagram does not allow you to automate your post through a third party. I see. Instagram is definitely hands on. They also have analytics built in. Okay. And you have to have analytics. You need to see what hashtags are working. And Preview will tell you your top hashtags. It'll see, tell that's you... critical.
0: That's the missing piece for some of these people. Mm-hmm.
1: They're not brand specific. So you need to be really locked down in who you're marketing towards, who you're approaching. And Preview does a great job of that. You know, at the end of the month, you can sit there, just open up this page. It's insights into your best posts, uh-huh. your most engaging posts, which one got the most comments, so that then you can plug that into your next month and how you want to approach it. Facebook itself has its own insights that you can look at as long as you're signed up. And here's another caveat, that I see a lot, is people don't have a separate business page for their farm, they do it through their personal Facebook page, okay. and you cannot measure what you're doing if you don't have when you can just have a business page and look at the insights within Facebook. And you can either do last seven days or last 30 days.
0: So is that different than a group page or a community page? How does that work with business? Because that's a little confusing for some people on
1: Facebook. Oh, and you bring up another excellent point too. I think another great place for farmers to get into is groups. Groups? Yes. Um, because I don't think they, yet, <laughs> within my community there's some interesting conversations going around. Um, they're not pulled into the business algorithms quite as much. I don't think oh. their groups are blocked as much. Because if you belong to a group, you still get a notification when someone posts within that group. Right. Which is huge. So you can literally so. just post
0: your videos of what you're doing on yes. relevant groups. Mm-hmm.
1: You just have to be careful because there are some strict rules within Facebook groups mm-hmm. so I would say stay within those guidelines be safe about it maybe add an educational component to the group so it's not so much just about pushing your business but it's about educating the people so you're maybe as a farmer this year you're gonna focus on um, mushrooms which are really hard to grow like right everybody's so interested in it so you're gonna talk about how your grey water goes out onto a small plot that is heavily fertilized and straw and how you do it and how maybe they can try it at home or a smaller approach in their little greenhouse. I think there's some fun components that way that you get people um, involved in your process, but it it gives them a hands-on That
0: sounds great as far as engaging directly with
1: them, Mm -hmm.
0: but it seems also that people still need to figure out what the results should be. Because if they're a small farmer, are they looking for people to actually buy the product? Are they looking for them to visit the website where they have a different call to action? Yeah, so, this, to so
1: the sales funnel. So you can mix in within a Facebook group calls to action, but I don't think the 80 20 rule applies here too. 80% should be fun posts about who you are behind the scenes, and 20% could be call to action. Mm -hmm. So every post doesn't have to lead them to do something or they're gonna start, their eyes are gonna start blazing over and they're not gonna go. Well
0: it seems like a lot of farmers, they don't even know what to call back today. They don't have strategy.
1: Yes, so again, strategic planning.
0: That's where you come in.
1: Yeah. Do
0: you help people with consulting?
1: Oh yes. Okay, so that seems really
0: cool to me. It seems like a really fun thing too. Yeah,
1: I think that the educational component on marketing as a whole has to be there. You have to have an understanding of of everything that's going on me from my standpoint. I have to know everything that you're doing to market your business. I have to understand who your targets are, what your niche is, how you wanna grow, making sure that you're not just putting your money, all your money into online stuff, because I think, again, it's important to come from that well-rounded aspect. So I would say 90% of what I do is consulting, and 10% is actually staying and posting. It really is. It's it's an educational. So Business.
0: you, I mean, you're out and about in the community in New Mexico, mm-hmm. so you know a lot of people, and you're meeting people and helping them. Uh, but how, do, how, like, if somebody's listening and they're in a different state, they can reach out to you. And do you have any? Do you have like a kind of starter package or something like that? Yeah, if somebody wants to, yeah, just yeah, you know, I have different
1: packages, and they're up on my website. But I will tell you that I have had no clients actually just go on and be like, oh, I want this package, let's go. It's definitely a personalized approach and I have an intake evaluation form on my website that you can go to and I'll do a brand assessment for free. So even if you don't end up using me, say um, maybe you're tightening your cash right now, but you're like, hey, I kinda wanna bring this on later, I know that it's important, I can do a brand assessment and I'll, I'll put in there thoughts and recommendations for each online marketing space that you're so that you grow enough that you can come back to me in six months and say, hey, Aaron, I'm ready. Let's go for it. Yeah. Yeah. So don't, don't feel like you're not ready. You're not ready for that space. Oh,
0: that's awesome. I've learned a lot from Aaron about how to upgrade my social media alongside this podcast and build the community. Please take advantage of Erin's invitation to complete the free brand assessment about your social media and online marketing strategy, available on her website, theharvesttrailagency.com. And while you're there, check out her beautiful social media pages as well. Erin is living her dream and engrossed in her passion for farming and farm-to-table. She is committed to our community and is truly looking to help. I really enjoyed meeting her and know she will be a great resource for me and for you. Subscribe to the Get In My Garden podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. It will also become available later this month on other podcasting apps. Leave positive reviews and share on your social media if you like what we're doing and want to show your support. Visit getinmygarden.com for more information, show notes, and to sign up for the newsletter. Please reach out directly to me with comments and ideas to Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at getinmygarden.com. Thanks for listening.